John chapter 14, the Bible says here in verse 12, Jesus speaking, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Jesus says here, Verily, verily, He that believes in me, do you believe in Jesus? He says, if you believe in him, you shall do the works that he did. And you shall even do greater works because he has gone back to his father. Now that is so important to understand that he went back to his father and sent us the Holy Spirit. He said in John chapter 16, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter, the Holy Spirit shall not come unto you. But when I go, I shall send him to you. So that is so important. We understand why Jesus said, you shall do greater works because I go back to my father. Because when he went back, he sent us the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to speak to you on doing the works of Jesus. We have been called to do the works of Jesus. Can someone say amen? Amen. And so the question I'm going to ask you this morning is, what were the works of Jesus? The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What were the words? Here we see in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus speaking and saying, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to do these things. Amen. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you do the works of Jesus. Can someone say amen? Amen. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. The Bible says also how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Notice what he did when the anointing came. The Bible says who went about doing good. And and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So what were the works of Jesus? Number one, Jesus preached the gospel. Don't forget the title of the message is doing the works of Jesus. What did Jesus do when he was here on the earth for three and a half years of earthly ministry? Jesus went about preaching the good news. And the good news... It's something that makes you happy and blessed. Notice Jesus preached good news. Jesus did not preach bad news. The gospel is good news. Romans 1.16, Paul declared, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to all them that believe. First to the Jews and then to the Greeks. 
Jesus preached the gospel. The church has been called to preach the gospel. I believe with all of my heart the reason we are still here on earth today after we gave our hearts to Jesus is for one singular reason that we might preach the gospel. You are not here on earth just to make money. You are not here on earth just to live a good life. You are here on earth. God allowed you to stay back here even after you gave your heart to Jesus for one reason. That you might be a preacher of the word of God. That you might be a preacher of the good news. That you might be an evangelist. An evangelist is one who carries the evangel, one who carries the good news. That is why everyone here should rise up to the place where we are doing the works of Jesus. Jesus went about doing good, healing all those oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. We must be about our father's business. Jesus said, day, it, is, it is day, night cometh when no man shall work. This is a time for everyone here to rise up and begin to preach the good news. This is the time for everyone that's born again to rise up and take the gospel in your hands and put it in your heart and put it in your mouth and begin to declare the gospel because as we declare the gospel, we shall begin to see the works of Jesus established in the cities. We shall begin to see the works of Jesus established in the nations. We shall begin to see the works of Jesus established all across the world. Everyone is being saved and called by God that you might be a carrier of the gospel. If you believe it, give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Hallelujah. What did Jesus do? Jesus healed the sick. Jesus did not send sick people to doctors. When they came to Jesus in faith, Jesus would ask them many times, do you believe I can do this? And when they said, yes, Lord, I believe, Jesus would say to them, then be it done unto you according to your faith. Healed the sick. It is the job of the church to heal the sick today. And there are many sick people all over the nations. And it is our responsibility to heal the sick. And can I tell you this morning, everyone here that believes in Jesus, you can lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is not for an exclusive class of people. This is not for preachers alone. Every believer can lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. So next time you see someone who is sick, please don't send them to the hospital. Now don't get me wrong. I'm not against doctors. I'm not against medicine. But I can tell you that Jesus is the greatest physician. Lay your hands on them. Can someone say amen? amen? Lay your hands on them and believe that the power of God would flow through your hands to touch the sick and to heal the sick. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift up those hands. Let me see them. Amen. And say this with me. My hands are anointed, hands are anointed. to heal the sick. Jesus. Come on, say it like you mean it. My hands are anointed, hands are anointed. to heal the sick. Do you believe it? Yes. Do you believe it? Yes. Say this with me. My hands are extensions of the hands of Jesus. Whenever I lay them on the sick, it is Jesus laying his hands on the sick. And every time I do, the sick will recover. 
If you believe it, then give the Lord a big shout of praise the Lord. Yes. 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 Come on. Don't let the devil mess with your children. If the devil is trying to put sickness on them, put your hand upon your children and cast that thing out of them. Don't let the devil mess with your own body. If the devil is trying to put sickness on your body, put your hand on yourself and cast the thing out of you. Are you listening to me? You shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. And that means you too. You can put your hand on yourself. The honest truth is this. You don't have to call nobody. You have the anointing in you. And if you would exercise your faith, you shall see the anointing activated. The Bible says, for we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Everyone here is a carrier of the anointing of God. If you are born again, you carry the glory. If you are born again, the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. And it was, it's the same Holy Spirit that walked through Jesus that reside in you today. Can I tell you this morning, the Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is not bigger than the Holy Spirit that's in you. Come on, that amen needs prayer this morning. That amen needs prayer. I said the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that's in you today. The same Holy Spirit that walked through Jesus, the same Holy Spirit walks through you. If you believe it, then you're going to step out in faith and activate your faith and see the anointing flow through you. And you are going to see the sick get well. Come on now. These signs shall follow those that believe. In my name, they shall cast out demons. Is that correct? In my name, they shall lay hands on the sick. And the sick shall recover. In actual fact, when you take a look at that, that's the last thing on the list. We shouldn't be afraid of what the devil is doing in people's lives. We should stand in authority because we have been given authority over all the works of the devil. And sickness is one of the works of the devil. Can someone say amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, Jesus, heal the sick. I can heal the sick in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus raised the dead. See, Jesus raised the dead, didn't he? See, when Jesus comes to a funeral, he turns it into a celebration. Jesus shows up in a funeral where people are weeping. He turns the funeral into a party. And my Bible tells me that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. It is, time, it is time for you to go into some places and turn funerals into parties. Can someone say amen? amen? It is time for you to begin to operate in the gift of faith, in the working of miracles, in the gifts of healings, and begin to see dead people come back to life. Come on now, don't look at me as if it is not possible. The Bible says all things are possible to them that believe. And I know that there are believers in the house this morning. If Jesus raised the dead, the church of Jesus Christ should be about our father's business, going all over the nations of the earth, raising dead people back to life. Can someone shout amen? Amen. 
But you see, to raise the dead, you need the gift of faith. I want to say the gift of faith. Now, it's a gift. It's not something you merit. It's a gift. You don't operate in the gift of faith because you prayed 24 hours yesterday. It's a gift. Let me tell you nobody it's a gift. Oh, yes, of course, you do have to stir yourself up. But you've got to understand it's the faith of God. It's not your faith. It's God's faith. It's God's faith. It's God, it's God unscrewing your head. Take it out. Because the hindrance is in the head. Hello? Doubt is in the head. So God unscrews your head. And God pours his faith into you. And God screws your head back. <laughs> and when he screws your head back, you look at the dead. You see the dead like God sees them. Mm. Now it's not impossible. Because with God, nothing is impossible. I said, with God, nothing isn't. I don't care how dead the person is. In one case, Jesus raised a man back to life who has been dead for four days. Go do a study on those who die and see how their body parts begin to decompose. In actual fact, they told Jesus, Lord, by this time, the man is thinking. Please don't touch this. Jesus said to them, roll the stone away. Roll the stone away because with him nothing is impossible. Can someone say amen? Amen. Can someone say amen? Amen. I heard a story of this man of God, mightily used of God. He's gone home to be with Jesus. But when he was here on earth, one of his pastors called him one night and said, Man of God, my son just died. I don't know what happened to my son. My son just died. And the pastor said to him, Put the phone on your boy. The dad puts his phone on his son. And from a distance, the man of God calls the boy back to life. You know, there is no distance in the spirit. Hallelujah. The boy sneezes and wakes up. The father picks up the phone and, and, and tells the man of God, I cannot believe it. My boy is alive. The man of God said, believe it. <laughs> See, that's the problem. The problem is a lack of faith. The problem is when you see the problem and you think the problem is bigger than your God. But when you see any problem from today, you must think about the bigness of your God. So my question to you this morning is, how big is God? Is it bigger than the problems of life? Is it bigger than death? Is it bigger than all of the kingdom of darkness put together? Is it bigger than that sickness? Is it bigger than that pain? Is it bigger than the works of the devil? I'm here to tell you this morning that our God is big. He is the maker of heaven and earth. Can someone shout hallelujah? He owns the earth. This nonsense, 
that people are talking about today. The devil owns the earth. The devil does not own the earth. God Almighty has given the earth to man. We own the earth and we have the authority to walk like Jesus walked. And if we only understand what is available to us as born again believers, then we step out in faith and begin to do the works of Jesus. If he healed the sick, we can heal the sick in his name. If he preached the gospel, we preach the gospel in his name. If he raised the dead, then we can also raise the dead. If you are here in the house this morning and you believe you can do exactly the things that Jesus did, then put your hands together and give him all the praise and give him all the glory this morning. Hallelujah. Whoo. Hallelujah. What were the works that Jesus did? Jesus cleansed lepers. Jesus cleansed lepers. Nose falling off. Ears falling off. Fingers, fingers falling off. But Jesus came and touched them. And healed them. Someone said, but that's, that's contagious, Pastor Godwin. That's infectious. When the bubonic plague was taking people out and killing people in, in South Africa. John G. Lake was there walking amongst people who were being killed. I mean, praying for them. And the doctors called him and said, why is it that you are not affected by the plague? Why is it that you are not affected by the plague? This is contagious. Why is it that you could walk among them, you could touch them, and the plagues would not get on you? He told the doctors, he said, I want you to scoop the, 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 the saliva from that one who is dying. Scoop the saliva. Put the saliva in the microscope. And the doctors did. They put it in the microscope. They looked at it. And they saw all the germs. Everything was alive and wiggling. And they were walking. They were moving. And he said to them, scoop the saliva out again from the microscope. And put the saliva on my palm. And they did. His palm, and he says, "Scoop it out of my palm again, and put it back in the microwave, the uh, micro, uh, microscope, <laughs> microscope. There's a lot of micro today. Put microwave, microscope, and all kinds of micros, and scoop, scoop this saliva out from my palm and put it back in the microscope. And they did. And when the doctors looked at the saliva, they saw that all the germs were dead. Because the moment they touched this anointed man of God, they all died. And they said to him, what is the meaning of this, John G. Lake? It said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The moment they touch me, they die. The moment that cancer touches me, it dies. The moment that infectious disease touches me, it dies. I'm telling you this morning, we carry the life of God on the inside of us. We carry the DNA of God. We carry the nature of God. Everything that touches God from the kingdom of darkness, they cannot survive. They must die. Therefore, I decree. Therefore, I declare from this day, anything that touches you from the kingdom of darkness, they will drop down and they will die in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord glory in the house this morning. Give Him praise. Hallelujah. 
everything that, that's coming from the kingdom of darkness can never survive in the glory of God. Can never survive when the presence of God is radiating through your, through your body. I'm telling you, you carry this treasure on the inside of you. Of God, the presence of God, the glory of God lives on the inside, and every time you touch cancer patients, they are going to get well. Every time you touch those that are sick of leprosy, they are going to get well. No, you will not get sick. They will get well. You won't take what they have. They'll take what you have. Come on now, give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Everything that death has to offer cannot touch me and leave. When it touches me, it must drop down and die. Because I carry in me the life of God. I carry in me the glory of God. And if you are here this morning, you carry the life and the glory and the power of God in you. Your amen be the loudest in the house this morning. Come on. Come on now. Glory to God. Woo. Pastor God, you know, I can't go there. There is all this thing spreading all over the place and, and touching people. Every, every time you come close, you get sick. No, when I come close, the devil runs. John chapter 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. And notice what it says. It said the light shines in darkness and darkness disappears. Can I tell you something? You are light. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. Everywhere you go, you carry the light of God. I don't like this song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This, I don't have a little light. I don't like that song. What do you mean, this little light of mine? And praise God we don't do that song in our kids' church. Because you go to kids' churches, you know, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I don't have a little life. Tell anybody I don't have a little life. Tell anybody I'm the light of the world. <laughs> what do you mean by this little light? If it's a little light, it's not going to light up the world. How could Jesus say you are the light of the world and someone religious comes with this nonsense song and say you have a little light. Let your little light shine. Carry your candle with you. Let the world know. No, I don't have a little light. In actual fact, I don't have light. I'm light. Somebody didn't get that. I said I don't have light. I am light. How many of you have seen this before? <laughs> Show your light now. I don't have light. I am. Thank you very much. Someone is showing their light from in the back. No, I don't have light. Tell your neighbor I don't have light. I am light. Jesus did not say your light. No, he said you are the light of the world. You, you are the light of the world. 
Can someone say amen? amen. Ah, we are light. We are light. We are light. I said we are light. Amen. Praise God. Somebody's getting blessed this morning, I'm telling you. I said somebody's getting blessed. Somebody's getting... So, some, someone is having a paradigm shift. A total, total mind change. This going and the new is coming. This is my little light. This is my little light. No, I don't have a little light. I'm li I am light. In actual fact, I am the light. No, because, I mean, I couldn't be saying this wrong because Jesus said it. I have the light of the world. You, you are the, he was the light. But he left and gave us this place. Oh, my God. I say, he was the light. He left and gave us his place. <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we are the light of the world. Praise God. I guarantee you this light is not small. Can someone say amen? What did Jesus do? Jesus opened the eyes of blind people. No, listen, is it okay if I talk about Jesus today? A lot of, no, a lot of places people preach all kinds of things, but they don't preach Jesus. Here I'm going to endeavor to preach Jesus. It's all about Jesus. This place is about Jesus. People preach 21 reasons to be this, 21 points of this, 21 steps to this. And I'm not against steps and points and keys. But if all your points and your steps and your keys are not about Jesus, then you are nothing but a motivational speaker. The pulpit is not for motivational speaking. The pulpit is a place to bring Jesus. Because the only thing that changes people's lives, the only one that changes people's lives is the revelation of Jesus. Not 20 steps to become a millionaire. <laughs> 20 steps to your best life now. 20 steps to come out of depression. Why, why are you in depression in the first place? <laughs> Jesus is the joy of my salvation. So if I have Jesus, I'm not depressed. Now, No, I'm not saying you don't go through some challenges in life. But if Jesus is with me on my boat, every raging storm, he comes. And to be honest with you, he doesn't calm them today. We do. Oh, no. Oh, uh, Jesus, come and help me. No, I gave you authority. I gave you the right for as many as received them. John chapter 1 and verse 12, to them he gave authority, power, right to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So as a child of the living God, you have the same DNA. You have the same authority. You walk in the same power as Jesus walked. When the stumps of life come against you, you can say, peace, be still. And the winds and the storm will listen and obey you. If they listen and obey Jesus, they must listen and obey you. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? Can someone say amen? amen? 
So, so Jesus is not going to come down and calm the storm because he's giving us, me, you, the authority. Say it with me, I, I have authority. Say, say it with me, I walk in dominion. Tell your neighbor, nothing dominates me. See, this is not uh, seven steps. It's done. He raised you up. To, go read Ephesians chapters 1 and 2. He raised us up together with him in heavenly places. Far above. I want to say far above. Far above all principality and power, might and dominion, above every name, above every title, not only in this world or this age, but also in the age and the world that is to come. Amen. Can someone shout amen? amen? That's why when we mention the name Jesus, heaven listens. When we mention the name Jesus, the earth stands and listens. When we mention the name Jesus, even the kingdom of darkness obeys. Can someone say Jesus? Jesus? Come on, say Jesus like you really mean it. Come on. Jesus. 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 Tell someone it's all about Jesus. The world is trying to take that name from us. Oh yeah, I'm telling you. The world is doing everything the world can. The devil is working overnight to take that name from us. But my Bible says God has highly exalted him and given him a name. Ha, ha, ha. That's above. Everyone say above. above. That's above every other name. That are the mention. Everyone say mention. mention. That are the mention of that name. Jesus. Sometimes, my t- I tell you, you're going through some tough time, you whisper that name. You whisper. Late at night, lying in bed, and it looks like everything is coming against you. Whisper that name. Jesus. Jesus. Whether you shout the name or you whisper the name, always do it in faith. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I said, amen. Amen. I said, amen. Amen. Jesus opened the eyes of the blind. Jesus, at one time, Jesus was very, really, to be honest with you, I I wouldn't even say at one time. All the time, Jesus was very unconventional. Jesus did not flow like the religious people. He had a different way. In actual fact, he had the way. So we look at his ministry and we learn from him. He was about to open the eyes of a blind man. And you've seen me do this many times. Jesus spat in the ground. That's not what anyone would do. He he spat in the ground. And the Bible says he made clay. Everyone say clay. You know, you know, you know. I know know I'm on it again. But you know, you don't make clay with. <laughs> Look at me now, everybody. Because if you want to make clay, you have to, it has to be enough. Enough, you know? 
understand how people, some people, have, some people have very weak stomach. I understand that. But, but, but you, you, in that case, you couldn't hang around Jesus. Jesus did some unconventional things. One day he just decided, today I'm going to walk on water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you say, why? Jesus, why? Why don't you use a car? He said, no, I'm going to walk on water. Today I'm walking on water. <laughs> Jesus did some unconventional things that would, even today, if Jesus was a pastor from churches, oh. Some people would get offended at him and leave. Oh, people be, you know this song, I, I learned this song when I was growing up in the church. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. Lord, I want to be like Jesus in my heart. We sang that song. And then you begin to look in the Gospels and you see Jesus. And you realize that, my God, do you really want to be like Jesus now? <laughs> You know why? Because, you know, when they think about Jesus, the religious way of thinking about Jesus is this man who is carrying a lamb in his arm and just stroking it. <laughs> this, this gentle speaking, gentle talking, calm, well-collected, nice guy. <laughs> no, but Je no, listen to me. Je Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was, was, was a man's man. He, he was a carpenter. Carpenters are not weak. weak. <laughs> you are carpenter, and we're not talking about today's. No, we're not talking. We're not talking about today's carpentry, when you have all the technology to cut your wood and no, and you carry your. No, we're talking about back in the days when it was all manual, all physical, all hard labor. You carry your log. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> no, listen. People think Jesus. People think Jesus is weak. Jesus, Jesus was not weak. Okay, Jesus was this, you know, nice talking. No, at one time Jesus got into the temple and he made himself a weep, a weep, and he began to literally drive people out of the house of God. Oh, Jesus says, you know, somebody said to me, you don't have the right to ask me not to come to church. Someone said that to me. You know, the good thing is I already did. <laughs> you don't have the right. You, know, you don't have the right. Church is Jesus' church. I said to him, when you came to, to this church, did you see Jesus standing here preaching? <laughs> <laughs> when you came, did you see Jesus up here preaching? I said, no, I don't own the church. He owns the church. But I'm not a figurehead here. He is the chief shepherd. I am an under shepherd. And I take instructions from him. Not from any other person. Thank you, bro. <laughs> No, I, I taught the students in Bible school. You know, sometimes people don't understand Psalm number 23. Psalm, Psalms number 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Right? I shall not lack. Right? He makes me lie down in 
green pastures, and he what? He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I shall fear no evil. Notice what it says next. No, no, notice. For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Notice, this shepherd has two, rod, two, two sticks. One is a rod, the other is a staff. Okay. Now, now, if you know anything about shepherding, shepherding, shepherds understand what the rod is used for and what a staff is used for. The staff has a hook at the end. And the, the, the shepherd uses the staff to bring the sheep back into the fold. You know, sometimes the sheep go, meh, meh. And, and the, sheep, the, the, <laughs> the sheep is trying to leave the fold. And so just like the song you were singing the other day, he leaves the 99 and comes after the one. Right. So the shepherd uses the, 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 the staff and hooks the sheep and gently pulls it back into the flock, into the fold. Okay, that's why the David said, the Lord's my shepherd, his rod and his staff comfort me. Okay, now, so we understand what he does with the staff, right? But what of the rod? <laughs> see, see, now what's the rod? I can guarantee you a good shepherd does not beat the flock. So if a good shepherd does not beat the flock, well, then what does he do with the rod? For the wolves, for those that are wolves in sheep clothing, those that come around and that meh, meh, but, but they are, they, they are impostors, they are fake. Meh, meh, meh. And if you're not careful, if, no, if you're not careful, you think they are part of the flock. That's why a good, notice Jesus said in John, Matthew chapter 10. The sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger, they won't follow. Is that right? So the shepherd knows the sheep. The sheep knows the shepherd. So when, 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 this, when this wolf comes, what does the shepherd do? The shepherd brings out the rod. And I guarantee you, I've seen some wolves in this place sometimes. I kid you not. Oh, come on now. You think everyone that comes to church is here to comes to church to serve God? I'm speaking generally now. That's why every pastor must have the backbone. Age, it's totally irrelevant. If you're a 20-year-old kid standing behind the pulpit as a pastor of a church and preaching to your people, you need to have the backbone because spiritual authority has nothing to do with age. You don't look at people and say, oh, they're, 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 two, they're 20, 20, 20 times my age. Who cares? Use your authority. So that's when we pull out the rod. You? You? <laughs> you are not part of the flock. You are not part of the fold. Oh, but Pastor Godwell, no, that's not right. That's so wrong. I thought the church is a hospital. 
Someone said this to me some year. Church is a, I said, no, church is not a hospital. Church is the house of God. Church is not a hospital. Church, church is a spiritual house. What do you mean church is a hospital? No, you know, Pastor God, church is a hospital, so let all the sick come. I am a strong believer in coming as you are, but don't stay as you are. Tell your neighbor, come as you are, but don't stay as you are. Is this helping anybody this morning? Praise God. So Jesus, Jesus, Jesus was amazing. Because I'm talking, when I say was in, in, the, in, the, in the past tense, I'm actually talking about when he was here, physically. It was amazing. So he, he, remember I was talking about how he spat in the ground and he was basically operating in such an unconventional way. And, and he, with his own hands, he mixed it. The saliva and the clay. Mixed it up. Mixed them all up. And said, come. This man was clean and blind. <laughs> Jesus put it on his eyes. Rubbed it in well. Now the man is blind and dirty. <laughs> Jesus said, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went. So people see him on his way. <laughs> hey, bro. Did I not see you five minutes ago? Yeah. You were, you were clean. Yeah, I met. <laughs> I just met with, with someone. What someone? He, he, he put clay on my eye. He, he actually, he spat and made clay and put mud in my eyes and, and said to me go and wash so I'm going to wash so he goes we don't know how many people we met on the way you know somebody might, might have met him on the way and say hey bro what's up with you clean that thing from your eyes so he goes he, he washes the mud and he opens his eyes and he begins to see. Praise God. Hallelujah. I said, Praise God. Hallelujah. I said, Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus has not changed. I said, Jesus has not changed. I said, Jesus has not changed. Amen. Praise the Lord. One, one other thing that I see Jesus do. Was loved on sinners. Wow. Jesus loved sinners. You see, when I talked about beating, beating off the, the wolves, I was referring to those who come, but they don't want to serve God. Rather, they want to cause trouble. Do you know there are some people, they're just out to cause trouble. And when people are out of cause trouble, we want to help them first and see how we can get them restored. 
and they're struggling with stuff, maybe from their past or maybe from their orientation, whatever it is, we're going to offer to help them. But if we notice that they don't want to be helped, because some people just don't want you to help them. Are you listening now? That's a totally different ball game. But when we look at the ministry of Jesus, he loved sinners. He went to this woman at the well. The woman was drawing water from the well. And Jesus said to her, can you give me water to drink? The woman said, why do you, a Jew, talk to me, a Samaritan? We have nothing in common. Cut a long story short, Jesus said, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said, yeah, you, you, you spoke the truth there. But you had five husbands. And the one you're living with right now is not your husband. That woman had a problem. <laughs> but see, Jesus never comes to judge sinners. Jesus comes to love sinners. He hates sin, but he loves the person. This is what the church has got to do. This is what believers need to do. Sometimes some believers get so selfish, they don't even care about sinners around them. Jesus was intentionally going to reach them. Can someone say amen? amen. He loved them. He helped them. Praise God. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to go after sinners and love them. Not be like them, but love them. And let your light shine and they see your good works. And they come to the Father which is in heaven. Can someone say amen? amen? God wants you to be an example. Be an example of the believer. Paul writes to Timothy. Everyone here, be an example. Be an example to people in your place of work. Influence them for Christ. Love them no matter how they live. Can someone say amen? amen? Because the Bible says it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. Not the judgment of God. Sometimes Christians are so quick to judge. So quick to judge. All these people. Look at them. Look at them. Look at, look at them. No, you were like them. Don't, don't try to behave like you were not like them. You were like them. Look at them. Look at these people. I don't like to say it. Don't ever say these people. They are people that God loves. Don't you ever say these people. See, we live in a country where a lot of times, you know, you, as, as, you know you're African, you're foreigner, whatever it is. And sometimes, you know, you get attacked sometimes. Attacked, you know, sometimes in words, behavior, and all of that. Don't be careful that you don't become jaded in your heart. Be careful. Be careful that you don't, you don't lose love for those God's called you to reach. These people. These people. Don't ever say these people. God loves them. God loves them. Can someone say amen? amen. God loves them. Tell your neighbor God loves them. 
God loves them. Don't ever say, these people. Now, even in church, that's one thing that we don't let our staff say. No one working here will ever say over anybody in this church, these people. You don't say that. You, we, don't, we don't allow that in this place. Love them. Tell your neighbor, love them. Love them. Yeah, but Pastor Gabriel, you say I should love them. You don't know the way they treat me when I get on the bus. Love them. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Gabriel, you say love them. You don't know the way they treat me in traffic. Love them. Pastor Gabriel, you don't know the way they treat me at work. Love them. It's getting quiet now. Love them. You can't hate those God has sent you to love. God has sent you to love and to help them. Don't hate them. Love them. Can someone say amen? amen. That's what we see with Jesus. He reached out to those who were down and out. The woman who was caught in adultery. And brought in front of Jesus and they said, Lord, you know, according to the law of Moses, she should be stoned to death. That's what some people do today. My uncle in the village is a wizard. Lord, kill him. My <laughs> I'm touching some African stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> my, my stepmother is a witch Lord, anyone standing in my way kill, dead, die <laughs> die, die. <laughs> no one has a right to pray over someone else's death that's a good place to say amen, amen. I know some of you do not agree with me on that one but <laughs> no, but I have scriptures to prove that. And all my scriptures to prove that are all in the new covenant. I'm not going to take you back to the old covenant. Right in the new covenant. Amen. Right in the ministry of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yes. There were times in the Bible when divine judgment fell on some people. But divine judgment was God's prerogative. Should I say that again? Divine judgment was God's prerogative. It was not man's will. And the Nas and Sapphira comes into the church. They had sold the property. And Ananias said, this is what we sold it for. Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost. There was divinity there. Peter did not go. If you didn't sell it for that much, die now. Die, die. No, that's not what he did. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Said to him, why has Satan filled your heart? How did he know that he did not bring all? Because the Holy Ghost told him. Now when the Holy Ghost is involved, you don't want to mess around. You can lie to man, but you don't lie to God. Be careful the way you talk about the things of God. Be careful the way you carry yourself when you come to church. Be careful the way you behave in the house of God. Very, very important. Why has the devil filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? The Bible says, on hearing these words, 
What, what happened? He dropped down and died. They carried him out. Three hours later, Safira, his wife, shows up. I wonder why she was late to church. <laughs> I don't know why she was late to church. Some of the service here starts at 11 a.m. No, no, I'm, honestly, I looked out from the office this morning. I mean, now we have a full house, but when I looked out, when we started praise and worship, I was like, how many? Some of you are still sleeping in bed. So some of you are still in bed. Don't shut me down now. I'm preaching good. Amen. If I'm preaching good, say amen. amen. If you don't think I'm preaching good, say oh me. <laughs> I'll just watch those who say oh me. <laughs> Keep your eyes on them. No, no, listen. Some of you are still at home. I live very far, Pastor. I live very far. I lived very far myself. I lived in Belik Duzu. Oh, yeah, I did. I lived in Belik Duzu. When Irene, Irene was born, when we were living in Belik Duzu. And back then, there was no metro bus. There was nothing. There was nothing. No metro. No metro bus. We came. I mean, I had to catch the 8 a.m. bus to be in church early. 8 a.m. bus. The service would start at 11, but I had to catch the 8 a.m. bus. Irene was just a few months old. And later on, they will come. My wife and the kids will come later. They have to catch the 9 a.m. bus. Because the bus came one, uh, every, every one hour. So if I missed the 8 a.m. bus, I was not going to be in church early. And when I mean early, I mean we had to be here at 10. The service started at 11. We had to be at 10. And it took about an hour plus to get to Taksim. So I had to take the 8 a.m. bus so that I could be in Taksim at 9. And before 10, I'll be here. So when I talk like this, that's why when people come to talk to me, I don't listen to excuses. So I'm not down with that. I'm never down with excuses because I, I never made an excuse. I mean, ask my pastors. They are here. Never made an excuse. I don't make excuses. I'm always up to the challenge. You put it in front of me, I'm going to take it. No excuse. Because I'm not doing it for any man. I'm doing it unto God. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord. So I hear people say, I live in Baalik Dizu. Some people say, I live in Aksarai. Aksarai? Come, let me slap you. Aksarai. You mean Aksarai? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Aksarai? Aksarai is like 10 minutes from the bus. 10 minutes, you get here. Aksarai, it's very close. Someone told me one day, Pastor, I called him, I said, why didn't you come to church? He said, Pastor, I, don't have, I didn't have transportation fare, money. I said, okay, where do you live? Aksarai. I said, why didn't you walk to church? Come on, why didn't you walk to church? Trek. Oh, Pastor Godwell, you're just being insensitive, you know? No, I'm not insensitive because I know what I came through. There's a price to pay. And God will test every man. God will test every woman. And until you're willing to do what it takes for promotion to come, you stay at the same level. There is a price to pay for promotion. God's looking for men and women that he will trust. It's easy to say, God, I trust you. Touch me. Bless me. But my question to you today is, can God trust you? That's it. Aksarai. 
But that's all right. Walk to church. And then I posed the question. Listen to this carefully now. I posed the question to the same guy. I said, okay, okay, okay. Listen to this question and be honest with me. What if I had asked you to come and get $100 from me? Would you have walked down to get it? <laughs> Do you know the answer he gave me? Yes. yes. He said, Pastor, I would have come. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that shows me? <laughs> Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If your treasure is in the things of God. David said, the zeal of your house have consumed me. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of God. They grew in strength as they gathered in Zion. Zion is symbolic to the church. Amen. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For it is like the anointing oil. That comes from the head of Aaron and down to his beard and down to his feet. The Bible said, there the Lord has commanded blessing. Amen. 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 So this service started at 11. Tell you number 11. So every Sunday it's at 11 a.m. Praise God. Come early. Get here before 11. Get ready to worship. Praise God. I said, praise God. 